Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Remarkable that this is our 100th live stream. Today is the 100th live stream in Bethlehem history. We had never live streamed before March of last year. I'll let you guess why. <laughs> and so what a blessing it's been. And because now so many, literally tens of thousands of people have watched the, the live stream. It's just remarkable over the, this last 100 streams. And Wow, uh, I'm extremely pleased, <laughs> pun intended, uh, and, and it's what an honor it is. Thank you for allowing us to come into your home, or if you're listening via podcast, uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. We've, I, I got an update this week on our podcast listeners, and we've got many, many, many hundreds of podcast listeners uh, and on, a, on a regular basis, uh, and, and for, a, for a long time there, it, we were kind of neck and neck. Why? I don't exactly know, but it's been a blessing that we had America and India as the top two podcast downloaders uh, for, for whatever reason, and now it's about 75-25. It's 75% in the United States. It's actually not just, a, you know, there's like 30, 40 countries that down, have downloaded the podcast on a pretty regular basis. It's a lot of countries, but... Uh, but India still has a large... So I know there's lots of people listening right now from India on our podcast, and so I say welcome to you, uh, and what a blessing uh, it is. You know, there's a great tradition of the Jewish Messianic disciple Thomas uh, being one who went to India. That's an, that's an extra-biblical, but it, that's, a, that's the tradition. Went and ministered the Word of God into India, and, and the, all the believers in India looked to Thomas as their... As their uh, uh, disciple, uh, the Tamid, uh, who really um, was the one who ministered the Word of God there. So what a blessing, all of those of you in, in India who are listening, primarily they're listening via the podcast, uh, welcome to you, and thank you again for Jeremy for putting the podcast together. Well, you know, here in the United States, this past Thursday was, uh, was an important day. It was Veterans Day, uh, always on November 11th, of course, Veterans Day. And unlike Memorial Day, you know, Memorial Day is when we honor those who gave, paid the ultimate sacrifice and lost their lives in the service of our country. But Veterans Day is a day we honor all of those who served in the armed forces of the United States. And so uh, my message today has a relation to this. But the first thing I'd like to do is I'd like to have all the veterans of the United States and our allies to please rise. And we want to honor you with our gratitude. So we're going to take just a minute. Yes, all of our veterans, please stand up. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much.
Thank you, thank you, guys. I got to tell you, you know, we have a lot of wonderful veterans here at Bethel, men and women, and uh, and, and it's a blessing. Our our uh, visual presentation ministry leader is uh, is a, a veteran, uh, military intelligence, is a Purple Heart in, in Iraq, and and we've got people who've served overseas before, uh, and and in the Marines, and in the Navy, and the Air Force. Army, the whole thing, uh, Coast Guard. It's been really a blessing to, to see everybody who served. Uh, in fact, our the uh, the gentleman who's doing security today for us uh, is former military as well. Uh, and what a blessing, man! We we need. Well, how grateful we are to our military, to our veterans. Uh, thank you so much. And to those of you who are watching online or listening via podcast right now, if you are a veteran, I want to say thank you to you. You know. It's interesting, it's just two words, but, but, but the spirit and the feeling behind it is so much more. Thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for your family. Thank you for your family's sacrifice. Thank you for willing to literally be willing to put your life on the line for all of us. It's, it's because of all of you who are veterans that we have our, our freedom the good Lord working through you. So I, I really thank you so much. I, I just, I'm a, a child of a veteran. My father, as you know, served in the United States Air Force. And, uh, and I'm grateful. I can't help but be grateful for, for all the sacrifices that our veterans have made. And, uh, and so as I think about, and I, I did a lot of thinking about veterans this week. You know, last week was a, was a crazy message because we were talking all about the Atlanta Braves, right? You know, I'm still kind of on a high from that Atlanta Braves World Series championship. I've got to be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not down from that. Yeah, some of you are too. Okay, good. Yeah. Listen, when, when, it's, when it's like every 26 years we get to celebrate, I mean, my gosh, give us a, at least a few weeks, please, to enjoy. I think we're going to be enjoying this one for a while. But, but what a, how much fun was that? And I, uh, If you missed it last week, if you want to see a, a, a rabbi with a baseball bat, Swing and, and take, a, take a good cut and, and, and do a bat flip. Watch last week's message, okay? It's frightening. Uh, but in any case, this week I've been thinking a lot about veterans because it's Veterans Day was, was this past Thursday. I've been thinking about veterans. I, th- I started thinking uh, as I was working and uh, uh, seeking the Lord as to what he had for us today on this Shabbat. I, I was thinking about veterans that I know and am familiar with, and I happen to be thinking about a very good friend of mine who was a commander in the Israeli army. Uh, This person, a commander in the Israeli army, and in fact, I say was, actually she still is in the reserves, and yes, I said she. Uh, She's still still in the reserves, and and this uh, friend of mine who was in the Israeli army, her battalion was charged with monitoring the borders of Israel. And so that's what they did. They monitored the borders of Israel. And I don't, have to, I don't have to tell you, Israel is not in the friendliest of neighborhoods. Okay, they're, they're surrounded by a lot of folks that don't like them. And so my friend and her cohorts oftentimes literally, literally watched the border. They were assigned different parts. They watched the border this is not anything top secret. It makes sense, but she, would, she recounted to me. They would watch the border, and they would watch the border, and eventually they watched the border, and, and, and they're, they're assigned different sections of the border to watch, of course. And it eventually got to a point where there wasn't a stone 
on that border that they did not know intimately. Now, that makes some, that makes some sense on one level, but wow, that's, that's pretty deep. I mean, America, it's hard for us to, uh, to understand because America has thousands and thousands of miles on, of borders between Mexico and Canada, and, and, and you can't imagine it wouldn't even be feasible. But, but in Israel, because it's small and because they're on many sides at least, have some folks uh, around them that are not nice to them, uh, is, that, is that literally they are monitoring the borders, and, and if a stone is moved, they say, hold on, there's this boulder, there's this stone that's been moved. That makes sense, doesn't it? It's pretty intense, though, because you know what can happen uh, if, if, if they're not paying attention. Uh, and if anything changes, they noticed. They noticed. And uh, boy, the stories that, that she used to tell me, one time someone, uh, a terrorist... I had crossed the border, uh, and they were concerned that it was that it was in or near their barracks, and they had to to suddenly. Uh, my friend was not on watch duty at that moment. She was in in their barracks with her with her other um, cohorts there. Uh, this was a female group, and uh, and then they sounded the alarm that there may be an intruder in the barracks, and so she immediately grabs her grabs her rifle and and stands at post and tells her girls get behind me because she was the commander. It's pretty intense stuff, you know? I mean, uh, but, but what is that? Let me tell you what. She was the very definition of a watchman. She was a watchman, man, or a watchwoman, <laughs> whatever, however you want to say it. I think it's generic. She's, she was a watchman. Man, the very definition of one. She was watching. She was watching that border, man, to defend it and to warn if there were any issues, very deep. Ezekiel chapter 3, please. Ezekiel chapter 3. It's very, it's very interesting as we consider the watchmen and, and our veterans who are here today, because even if you had a desk job uh, in a back office, if you were in the United States military, at any time, if something happens, you might be in harm's way. I don't, I don't, care, if you're, I don't care if you're a paper pusher in, in the back office. War breaks out, you don't know where you're going to be. You signed on that dotted line, you put your life at risk. You're, you're willing to defend our country. There's something incredibly courageous about anybody who serves in the military. Incredibly courageous. Very brave. And all of them are a type of watchman. Well, it's interesting. Scriptures talk a little bit about this as well, about people who are watchmen. But it's in a a slightly different context about the Lord giving a message through somebody that he has made a watchman for his people. Let's read in verse 16 of Ezekiel 3. Now, at the end of seven days, the word of Adonai came to me, saying, so the word of God came to Ezekiel, and here's what God told Ezekiel. Verse 17, son of man, I have appointed you as a watchman for the house of Israel. When you hear a word from my mouth, give them a warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you will surely die, and you do not warn him or speak to warn the wicked of his wicked way, to save his life, that wicked person will die in his iniquity, but I will require his blood from your hand. Yet you, if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his wicked way, he will die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. 
See, friends, we have a responsibility as watchmen because, yes, our, our military veterans who are here, Carlos veteran, right? I mean, these guys stood at post and they, and they were watchmen for our country. But really, all of us are watchmen of a, of a different kind. All of us are watchmen of a different kind. We can't be passive because there is a responsibility to being a watchman. We have to speak the truth regardless of consequences. That's not always easy. That's what the prophets did. Man, they got really, they, they, were, they got a lot of thumbs down. They got a lot of dislikes on their Instagram accounts and in their, in their Facebook, right? Okay, listen, you, don't be Cain. Don't be Cain asking if you are your brother's keeper. Am I my brother's keeper? Cain said. When, when God said, hey, Cain, where's your brother? God knew that, that Cain had killed his brother. Cain comes up with this line, am I my brother's keeper? It's a famous thing. You've all heard of that before. But, you know, listen, that was Cain, but that's a lot of people today in the world. Am I my brother's keeper? Listen, it's not my business. It's not my business. Am I my brother's keeper? Don't be like Cain. That was the wrong answer, by the way. Why do we share the truth of the good news? Why do we share the truth? Why should we share the truth? Because we care. That should be the reason. Because we care. Because we care about other people. Because we love. Some people... Some people bring the, the, what is the truth, but some people bring the story of Yeshua as the Messiah in a condemning way. And, and it's no good. If, if, if you bring it in a condemning way, you've kind of missed the whole point. If you're condemning people and, just, and having a holier-than-thou attitude and just uh, exude pride in what you say and how you feel, what good is that? You're not going to attract anybody with that. You're not going to help anybody with that. You're not going to change anybody with that. You have a critical role to play as a watchman. A good watchman, as it says, we know when you sound the warning, people are going to listen to you. If you're, if you're in, the, in the military and you're a watchman on a wall and you see a bad guy coming, you better have the, some credibility and some, and some love with, with your other soldiers and people who are listening that when you sound the alarm, they don't go, oh, pfft, pfft, that guy, whatever, I'm, I'm not going to listen to him. No, no, no. You want people to really consider and listen to what you're saying. Well, that means that they got to know that you care about them, you see? You see how that works? Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 21 and this role can make a difference. It says this, if you warn the righteous person not to sin and the righteous person does not sin, he will surely live because he took warning. You will have delivered your soul. Wow. See, you've got to, to give the message. A watchman oftentimes warns. That's what a, one of the things a watchman does is he warns. He warns of danger. Reminds me of dating myself, I know. I watched it on reruns. Danger, danger, Will Robinson. Danger, the robot. Okay, lost in space. Some of you, certain age, hmm. I, 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 saw, it on, I saw it on reruns. Oh, you didn't see it on reruns? Is that what you said? <laughs> you saw it when it first came out. 
Great, good. Well, that's then you understand, right? Danger, danger, right? When robots started saying danger, danger, and flipping those arms all over the place, you knew something was going on, right? And he had the credibility that you listened. And you did something. A, a watchman oftentimes warns. That's part of what they do. But the message is not, all, uh, is not always received. In fact, it's not even often received when there's a, a warning and, and, and a spiritual warning. But this is the role of a watchman is to, is to warn. And a watchman role is, is, should be out of love for other people because you care about them. Why, why, do we have, why is Stephen here? And, and why is Stephen watching out for us? You know, and, 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 he's, and he's got our backs. He's got our one. The reason he cares. He cares. There's a reason that, you know what? He comes every, every Friday night and he stands at post. And, and he, stands, he stands over in the, in the community center watching out for our children. And, and, and he will escort them over. And he will make sure everything is kosher. He's trained. You know what? You know why he's doing that? He's not doing that because the pay is good. It's not. He's doing that because he loves us and he loves God. That's why he's doing that. And man, and I appreciate that. I appreciate everybody on our safety and security team that are keeping us safe. I remember old Larry. Man, I sure do appreciate Larry. I hope he's watching online. I love Larry and Nikki very much. Larry, man, he, he, he did wonders with our safety and security team here at Beth Hillel. So many years of faithful service. I honor that. I honor you, Larry, for, for all that you've done. And, and I appreciate uh, Officer John and everybody else who's, who's working in that area today. Thank you so much. It's because you have a love for others. Because, you know, think about it. If a watchman sees danger, they can usually escape it. Why? Because they see it. However, others will not see it. Right? I mean, God forbid something, something not kosher happens. Stephen's probably going to see it. All of you are you know, enjoying the service, right? Stephen's going to see something. He could say, ooh, man, I'm out of here. Because he's, <laughs> he's paying attention to what's going on. And all of us would just be like, eh, here we are. We don't know what's going on, you know? He said, man, I'm out of here. That doesn't look good. No, 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 no. No, that, that's not what he's doing. See, he, he, his role is a selfless role. It is a selfless role when you are a watchman, when you are a watchman in, in, in your life and in others' lives. It should be selfless. Why? Because you care. Not, and your role is to warn others, not in a threatening way, but in a way that cares for them. He doesn't, he doesn't come in here and, 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 and chastise you for this, that, or the other and get on your case. No, he, he loves you. And if he's warning you, it's because he cares. This is how God is with us. When he warns us, it's because he loves us. See, if you look at it from that perspective, it will sometimes change the way you think of God. Some people think of God in this old kind of religious way, like, like, uh, like maybe they used to teach back uh, 50 years ago, uh, you know, where, where God is kind of this mean ogre. And, and, and it's just not what you read about in the scripture. He loves us. He's a God of love. At least he should be. We shouldn't position him in a way that's not accurate as, as, as this kind of this mean, uh, you know, uh, ready, ready just to, to squish you like a bug if you do one thing wrong. This is not the heart of God. The heart of God is love. But, but he will warn. He will warn you. 
And then it will be your choice. And if, you know, if he gives you the free will, he gives you the choice as to whether or not you walk into that fire or not. He tells you, don't go in the fire. He warns you, don't go in that fire. But then you go in the fire. It's like, oh, Gavalt. You know, God's got to say, Gabriel, Michael, come here, come here, please. Just talk me through this a little bit. What is he doing again there? That dude, he's, he's walking right. Did I not, did I, Gabriel, rewind the tape. Didn't I just tell him not to go in the fire? Didn't I just tell him that? Are you got to be kidding me? <laughs> Why, yeah, yada. <laughs> Friends, you have surely already been a watchman in your life, and you probably didn't know it or think about it in that context. Think about it in those terms. You've already been a watchman. Everybody here at one point or another has been a watchman in your life. When you stop somebody from walking onto a street, when you see a car coming, you're a watchman, right? You see, you know, you're, maybe you're just kind of hanging out and, and your buddy's about to, hey, hey, is that right? Hey, hey, they're walking out on the street. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you see a car coming, you see it. They don't see it. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're a watchman, right? You're protected. You're warning them of potential danger that they did not see. You're a watchman. When you gave somebody advice to stay away from somebody with bad character when they were blind to it, you're a watchman. You're looking out for them. You care about them. When you tell somebody not to go to an internet site because it might have a virus, you're a watchman. You're, you're looking out for them, you see? You're a watchman. When you tell a toddler not to stick anything into an electrical socket, <laughs> you're, a, you're a watchman. You've been a watchman already. I remember when I was little, my brother had, I've never shared this story. I don't even think my, my, my mom is hearing in heaven now, but, uh, but my dad, I don't think my brother, my brother, of course, my brother is one of our drummers here at Bethel And a lot, you know, you know the, of course, the drumsticks, and then, the, the, then you have the brushes. And the brushes have these, most, for most drum sets, brushes are these, these it's like paint brush things, but it's metal, little metal pieces. I remember when I was a little kid, my brother's <clears throat> drum set, and I took this little brush with the metal ends, and I'm like, right into the electrical socket. <laughs> he doesn't know this either. Hmm. Really, really shocking, I know. <laughs> Thankfully, I was, I was, you know, the, the brushes usually have a, have a, a separate plastic holder, and so... After, a, after just seeing a little spark, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And it really didn't get me, thank God. Oh, there was nobody around. That, that was a confession right there. <laughs> Man, I've needed to get that out since I was like five. Oh, oh, Whew. okay, let's close in prayer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Listen, when, when you stop somebody, when you stop a toddler from, from sticking something in an electrical socket, you're a watchman. That, that, that's what you are. But again, we must be spiritual watchmen also to look out for people, to sound the alarm. Again, not a finger wag. Not a finger wag. No, no, no. A hug. A hug. Brother, sister, I love you. I love you. Let me sound the alarm. The purpose is to save lives. To save lives. To save spiritual lives. It might be something as, it might be something as simple as going to a brother or a sister and saying, 
Brother, I've not seen you. I've not seen you at services. Where have you been? The Lord's waiting for you. Are you okay? Is there anything I can do for you? You know what that is? That's sounding an alarm. <laughs> that's being a watchman. That's love. Do you see how that's love? But it's a watchman. It's a warning, really. Brother, you need to, we all need spiritual nourishment. We all need to receive from the Lord. How about, how about the Shabbat? Can you meet me this Shabbat? Yeah, I just love it. Or, or somebody that doesn't even come here or hasn't come here. You invite them. You know, you see people going through it. Sometimes at work, you know, I don't know if, if it's been this way for you. I, I've certainly remember that sometimes at work you'll see someone and you see them just kind of at their, at their desk and they're maybe like down or sobbing a little bit. You don't know what's going on. And a lot of people just go, ooh, boy, okay. Ooh, just move right on along, move along, move along. Nothing to see there. Ooh, boy, but I want to look. <laughs> but just keep moving. Not going to get near that. Oh, maybe you should go up. Hey, are you okay? What's what, what's what happened? Is is there is there anything okay? Anything I can do for you? Is there, is anything okay? Can I pray with you? <gasps> pray, you radical! Oh my gosh, you are just. Mm-mm-mm. Hebrews chapter 13. The purpose is to save. You're, you're caring for people. Hey, listen, you know, have you ever tried turning your life over to God? You fought this so long. Have you ever thought about praying to God about this? That's a watchman. It's a watchman. Being a watchman, of course, is <laughs> it's a pretty important part of my role. Uh, as I'm looking out for the, for the wolves and I'm, and I'm trying to, uh, to help lead and guide as best as I can and to sound alarm and warning if necessary, Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as one who must give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no benefit to you. Wow, pretty interesting. Do you see how Hebrews 13 there and Ezekiel 3 really parallels? It relates to each other uh, in that regard. Those called as a watchman hold a, a level of responsibility for those being watched over. Did you notice back in Ezekiel 3, God told Ezekiel what? When I tell you, you better warn them. Now, if they don't do what they should do, it's on them. But if I tell you to warn them and you don't warn them, it's on you too. That's what he told Ezekiel, right? And that's exactly what he's saying in Hebrews regarding congregational leaders. Hey, it says obey them, submit to them. Okay, well, it sounds all great, but no, no, no. For, for, because for the, the reason is because they keep watch over your souls as ones who must give an account. I have to give an account for what I say from this bimah. I have to give an account. Trust me. <laughs> it's awesome, humbling, and frightening in terms of the fear of the Lord. I have the fear of the Lord when I preach from this, from this location because, man, I, I'm held responsible for what I preach here. Why? Because part of my role is to keep watch over souls. I have to give an account for what I say. And, and, and if I'm people, I tell you what, I'll, I'll tell you this. There are plenty of houses of worship out there that you just get mealy garbage from the pulpit. I'm sorry, that's, that's the truth. 
mealy, mealy, mealy nothingness. Not even, not even milk toast. And, 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 and you know what? I, by my reading of the Scripture, by God, they're going to be held to account for that. Man, this is why I try my best to preach a lot of the Word. Because I know I'm not going to go wrong if I preach that Word. <laughs> you know? Some people give all their commentary, and it's, it's all about them, and it's all about them and their ministry, and it's about God. It's about God. It's weighty. So yes, that is a, a part of the purpose of a, of a spiritual covering also, my friends. Some people say, well, I don't need to be a part of a, of a congregation. I don't need to be a part. I can just worship God on my own. Listen, you can worship God anytime in any way you want, but God is the one who set up a congregational structure. It was his idea, so I guess you can argue with him on that one. God is the one who said that your spiritual leaders are people who will help watch over your souls. They must give an account. Or perhaps you prefer for nobody to watch over you. Why? Because you're pretty independent and you're gonna, you've got it all together yourself and you don't need that. Okay. Take it up with the guy who came up with it. It's important to have that spiritual covering, someone who has spiritual authority to speak into your life. But this only works if you submit. It's, it's really remarkable. I mean, uh, a congregation, any congregation, a congregation like this, any congregation, people can come and go as they please. Nobody is, you know, this is not some kind of place where, you know, it's like there's, there's intense forcing of it. There's nothing. That, people come and go as they want, right? And, and, but, but, but what comes along with that is, is that sometimes people, it's like, well, if they hear something they don't particularly like or eh, that they don't really want to do or somebody says something to them with even the sconce of accountability and it's like, yeah, I think I'll go somewhere else. Okay. Okay, go somewhere else. That's perfectly fine. You, you've, you've totally uh, taken away the purpose one of the main purposes of a congregation, which is to provide some accountability and some spiritual authority in your life. It only works if you submit it. That's the command to us, obey and submit. But it only works if you do submit to that shofar call when you hear it. And I'm not just talking about a one-on-one -on -one shofar call, like when I might speak to somebody. I'm talking about when you hear a message here and you know that it's something that's from the Lord that I'm proclaiming from his word and you don't heed it. You don't submit to it. What good is it? Why are you here? Why are you watching otherwise? No, no. We have to submit to the shofar call. We need to heed the watchman's cry. Not for my purpose, but for the purpose of, 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 of following the Lord and his call on our lives. But it's not only, my friends, but it's not only the rabbi, the rabbi. It's not only the rabbi, the, the zekanim, the shamashim, the chavarah leaders, and the ministry heads that are watchmen. Not just all of us. We are all called to be watchmen in different areas. All of us are. Ezekiel chapter 33, please. Ezekiel 33. So interesting about a watchman. Ezekiel 33 verse 1 says, The word of Adonai came to me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of your people and say to them, when I bring the sword upon a land, suppose the people of the land take a man from among them and set him as their watchman. If, when he sees the sword coming upon the land, he blows the shofar, 
and warns the people, and it goes on, to talk about if they heed the call or if they don't heed the call. See, part of the role of a watchman is to blow the shofar, to blow the shofar. I mean, that, that's part of the call of a watchman, blow the shofar. Blowing the shofar is sounding the alarm. And, and yes, sounding the alarm, blowing the shofar as a warning spiritually surely does, without question, apply to our planet. It applies to our country. Our, our, the world needs, needs uh, to heed the call of the watchman. Our, our country surely needs to heed the call of the watchman and the sound of the alarm, the shofar. But a watchman is also for your daily life. It's not just this macro big picture thing. It's something for your daily life on a daily basis. Encourage your kids to read the word. Are you reading the word, son? Are you reading the word? Have you been reading the Bible? A lot of the kids have the apps now where they're reading the Bible on a regular. Have you been reading the Bible regularly? See, that's part of being a watchman. You're watching over their souls. You see, when, when, when when you probe and ask them about this, when you hear a coworker tell a, a dirty joke, lovingly push back on it. Lovingly push back on it. You know, no, that, you know, that, that's, that's not cool, man. It's not cool to talk about that in that way. I don't really appreciate you. Yeah. Oh, well, well that don't make you a real fuddy-duddy, won't it? Well, boy, they'll think you're all some kind of spirit. It was interesting when, when, my, when my father first... My father, our, our founding rabbi, he used to be very worldly. He, had, he was a very secular Jewish guy, and, and, and he was, I mean, he would be very common after work, go out and have, you know, <laughs> plenty to, to drink and smoke and um, dance the night away and party, and, and he, was, he was very worldly. He had a filthy mouth. This is what he would say. He said it before, filthy mouth. And then when he found God, when he found Yeshua, it changed like on a dime for him. It changed on a dime. And so he came, you can almost imagine this, right? I mean, many of you are in the, are in the corporate world. You know what I'm talking about. I've, I've been in the corporate world for many years, as you know, worked for Fortune 500 companies. So he, he, he came into work at the, the next day, so to speak. I mean, it wasn't literally instantaneous, although his, his transformation was close to instantaneous. But, but he was different. He was changed when he followed God. And this, this, this otherwise filth that may have been in him was gone. And you can imagine his coworkers noticed immediately. They noticed immediately a lot. And they were like, what? What's up with you, uh, Bob? And, uh, and eventually, it wasn't too long before they had a new nickname for him, and they were needling him with it. And the nickname was... Rev. <laughs> now you have to understand, he wasn't in ministry or anything. He was just a brand new believer. I mean, he, he never even thought about ministry or being a rabbi or anything like that. Nothing like that. That was the furthest thing from his mind. He was just working in his corporate job, right? But yet, they start, they start calling, okay, hey, Rev. You going to lunch with us, Rev, or no? Or you you going to go to the bar with us later, Rev? Or no, you're not doing that anymore, Rev. <laughs> and they were mocking him. You know, and he's like, hey, guys, sorry, no, bar time's done. Bar time's done. Be happy to, to go to lunch sometime. But no, not that stuff anymore. No, not, not all that other stuff that went along with it. 
Very interesting. <laughs> See, when somebody tells a, tells a bad joke, lovingly push back, you might, get, you might get a reputation for being one of those kind of people, one of those people who religious. <laughs> hey, lovingly be a watchman. Not condemning, remember. Not condemning, not like you're bad and I'm really good. No, not about that but out of love because you're looking to protect them is the truth. When someone demonstrates jealousy or pride, lovingly sound an alarm. The key to all of this is, is for sure lovingly. Why? Because you are for someone. You are for them. One of our veterans who are here today will tell you that their motivation was to protect us because they care. That should be our motivation too. First Peter chapter five. First Peter five, please. Very interesting. Wow. Dr. Garvey, you probably remember Rabbi E talking about some of that stuff back in the day. And beyond this, my friends, the warning, the alarm, is often for the watchman also. Because let's face it, if, if, uh, if the enemy is coming, into, coming towards your camp and you're the watchman, you better sound the alarm, but, but the alarm is also for you because if you just sit there and just whistle, and they're going to get you too. You understand? Oftentimes, the alarm is for the watchman also. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says this, and it's to all of you, all of us, stay alert. Watch out. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion searching for someone to devour. Roar, all right? Remember this. We also need to be a watchman over our own souls. Hello. A lot of people falling asleep on guard duty. <laughs> I didn't have that in my notes. It's, a lot of people falling asleep, man. They're supposed to be on guard duty against, uh, against the adversary regarding their own souls, and they're falling asleep on the job. you got to recognize within you if, if things start to percolate up, because it's not, over, it's not overnight that it happens. Typically, it's not like one day you're, 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 you're just hunky-dory and doing great, and the next day you're, you're, you're a heathen. It, it doesn't typically happen like that. I'm talking to you believers now. Typically, things percolate up, and you've got to be a watchman, a guard, as you're looking out to make sure of your own soul to see what's there that doesn't belong and then take it out. So that might be recognizing the greed that might be in your life or self-centeredness that might be in your life. You see some self-centeredness percolate up. Well, if you're not on guard, if you're not being a watchman, you're not gonna notice it and it's gonna grow. It might be pride, pride that's in your life. Pride is a spiritual cancer and, and, and that can just continue to grow if you're not watching out for it. It might be complacency. Some have become too complacent. It's so easy to become complacent. Oh, it's just easy. I'll just, uh, I think I'll skip again. And well, I don't feel like praying tonight or I don't feel like reading the Bible this morning. Whatever it is in your life. Uh, complacency, it, it percolates up. You gotta be a watchman, active. It might be anger. If that anger comes up, fear, fear that can come upon us. Whatever it is, you have to keep watch against your adversary. Don't give him any room. Like all watchmen, you need to be alert. As the scripture says, be alert. You have to be on guard. You gotta be ready. 
You've got to be scanning and monitoring even your, your own soul, even yourself, to, to make sure that things don't start to get out of balance. Have you taken offense and now you're, now you're kind of antsy with somebody because you've taken offense at something they said? Well, if you're not self-monitoring, if you're not being a watchman, you're not going to notice that. But if you are being a watchman, you're going to say, you know what? i got to release that. i got to release that. You know what? If that was on them, I'm not excusing if people do you wrong. Don't misunderstand me. It's on them. Let it stay on them. Don't let it get on you. I forgive you. I forgive them. Just forgive them. Release. The more you can release, the better. But you're not going to notice this unless you are a watchman. You have to guard your heart like, like they're watching over the borders in Israel. You know, like I said, in the borders in Israel, right? Remember I said, they, they look at that stuff. And I remember she told me, she said, if there's a stone out of place, I know it. She said, I got to know that, that border so well, the piece of border that she was assigned to watch. She said, I got to know that particular piece of, of ground so well that I knew if anything had moved, if a plant had blossomed, I noticed it. Oh, there's a change from my, my duty yesterday when I was watching this. So you got to stay, that's stay alert. That's staying alert. That's exactly what it says in Peter. Very, very powerful. Careful monitor, carefully to monitor if something is not where it should be. You gotta monitor, regularly self-evaluate your motives. Listen, hear this now, husbands and wives. Listen openly if someone gives you feedback. Hello. Oh yeah, I'll listen, Rabbi. Mm-hmm. I'll listen with my baseball bat in my hand when my husband says something. <laughs> <laughs> no, ma'am, come on now. Then you, you drop the bat, drop the bat, please. Step away from the bat. <laughs> no, 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 you have to you know, be open. Sometimes you have to almost like take a breath and like count to two. It's like, whew, okay, I'm gonna receive that. It's not easy, is it? When, when you feel criticized, your defenses always go up. They always go up. But somebody may be trying to be a watchman for you. It's hard to receive. Oh, it's so hard to receive. And, and if you really want to be bold, if you really got chutzpah, then you'll actually ask for feedback. <laughs> and then be, don't react to it defensively either. Honey, or friend, or mom, or son, whatever. Somebody that you trust, friend. Is there anything, if you see this you know, in my life, or if there's anything in my life, or if this, you see this bubbling up, or if I react this way, I guess, please feed it back to me, because I want to be careful about it. I want to monitor, and I don't want to go there. Will you help me in that way? Is there something that I'm doing that's the, you ask for feedback, and then when they say, well, do you really want to know? <laughs> Uh-oh. I, I was just doing that because I thought it would be kind of righteous to do it. I didn't expect you to say anything. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, yes, yes, I really want to know. And then they tell you, and then you say, ooh, humble yourself before the Lord, man. Receive it. Receive it. Especially if you know that they love you because they're being a watchman for you. Matthew chapter 7, Matthew 7. 
Watch out, speaking of being a watchman, watch out for false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. See, be watchmen of your own hearts. There's a lot of deception out there. People seem like one thing, but are really another. A classic trick of the adversary, military people will know this, a classic trick of the adversary, Tom knows this, is to try to infiltrate our territory in disguise, right? They try to infiltrate our territory. It's a classic trick of the adversary. Just because somebody is wearing a believing uniform does not mean that they will always have the best intentions. Hello. You have to be on watch. You have to be on That doesn't mean that you can't trust anybody. But above all, trust God and His Word. Amen? And let's get ready to conclude with Psalm 127. Psalm 127. Because remember this, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's about God who watches over us all. God watches over us all. He's the ultimate watchman. He's the ultimate watchman. And he, he models this for us. He's the ultimate watchman. Psalm 127, verse 1, a song of ascents of, Sol- of Solomon, says this. Unless Adonai builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless Adonai watches over the city, the watchman stands guard in vain. Hello. There's a limit to what you can do if the city has already been given over to the adversary. You'll talk to some people, and and they've already given themselves over to the adversary, and so they're really not going to listen to the watchman. There's a limit to what you can do. We have to stand as a watchman in whatever area that we can. But always remember that no matter what, no matter how good of a watchman that we are, we need God's divine help. We need his help. No, no, matter, no matter how good my friend was in the Israeli defense forces watching the border, we have to pray for God to reveal the plots of the adversary, right? And depend on him for our defense even more than all we can do on our own. Man, she was great. She was the best. But still, at the end of the day, the adversary does stuff that you don't, that you don't know. Maybe they're, maybe they're building a tunnel, and we actually know they, they have been building tunnels over there underground, right? It, and you can't even see that as a watchman from on, on top. That's why Israel now has, has machines and equipment that are watchmen under the ground, which is another story, pretty cool. But, but, but the point is, is that we got to rely on God. He is the ultimate watchman. That doesn't release us from the responsibility of doing all that we can, but to recognize that at the end of the day, we must rely solely on God. We must rely solely on him. So I salute all of our veterans today here on Veterans Day weekend. I salute you and I appreciate you and I'm grateful to you. And I'd like for our love for veterans Remind us all that we are in a spiritual war and all of us have at least one duty. And the title of my message is Watchman. Let's bow our heads. 
I want to ask if there's anybody here today who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart. If you've never given your life to God, but you'd like to, just raise your hand and we'll have a simple prayer. Is there anyone who's never done so before but wants to? He's the watchman over your soul. Maybe you're watching online or listening on the podcast and you've never given your life to God, but you'd like to. Repeat this simple prayer after me. God will transform you like he did my dad. Say, dear God, I humbly come before you. I ask Yeshua to come into my heart. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Please forgive me of my sins. God, I'm sorry. I'll live the rest of my days for you. Thank you, God, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for these things in Yeshua's name. If you said that prayer for the first time, please send us an email and we want to celebrate with you about what the Lord has done, transforming you. And, uh, and I'm so thankful for that. And, and, and for all the rest of us, I want to pray for two things. I want to pray that we take on our roles as watchmen, both for other people and for ourselves, but that also we would be listening for the sound of the watchman, listening for the alarm, listening for the shofar of the watchman. Lord, in the name of Yeshua, I pray for each of us who are here today, Lord. And, uh, and God, I pray that, that you would help us, Lord, to sound the alarm when necessary, not to be shy about doing so, Lord. Lifting up your name and out of just pure love, not in a judgmental way, but Lord, that we would nonetheless sound the alarm when necessary, God. And also that we would be watchmen over our own hearts to make sure that when stuff that doesn't belong there pops up, we're attentive to it, cut it down, take care of it. Lord, that, that's the way it needs to be. And then also, Lord, that we would be receptive, Lord, to others if they have input for us, Lord God. And let us not be quick to become defensive, but Lord, let us do things all in love. I thank you for this, God. You're, you're a good God. We love you with all of our hearts. And I thank you for all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom. Light, 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 light.